Due to the weather, some are running a little late, so we'll wait till everybody has a chance to come into the sanctuary. Welcome to our Wednesday morning chapel. Uh, just as a brief announcement, please notice on the bottom of the page for today's chapel that uh, there will be an evening Advent service tonight. Um, because the choir and bands and orchestra and things are rehearsing in here, we're going to hold a little service over in... Uh, what's called Silber Hall, and that is in um, uh, the YFAC building, kind of across from the theater. So you're welcome to come tonight uh, to that tonight at 5.30. Please join me then in the words of the psalmody, which you will find on the top of the page for today's chapel. Unto you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Do not let my enemies triumph over me. Yes, let none who wait on you be ashamed. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.
Our scripture reading today is taken from Luke chapter 2, verses 25 and 26. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. Sometimes we learn big lessons in life in a way we maybe didn't expect. I had one such lesson that happened to me during my vicar year. That's when you're a student pastor at a church in Minneapolis. I had been asked to go visit an elderly woman. She was in her upper 80s. And something unusual was that she had had heart surgery at that age and was recovering in a hospital. And I specifically remember, uh, it was one of the first hospital calls I ever conducted. And uh, I rode the elevator up and I was holding my Bible in my hand. And I remember that I was on the, on the elevator with four or five other people. And I remember, I'm ashamed of this now, <laughs> Uh, kind of hiding my Bible a little bit as I rode up. And I got into the room, and it was a large room. There were actually five patients all recovering from surgery in one big room. And nowadays, most hospitals, you don't see more than two in a room. And there were no curtain dividers up, so you could see every person in the room recovering in their beds. And the woman I came to see, this very elderly woman, um, had tubes all over the place, and, and uh, she uh, was all taped up on her arm and, and had really gone through a, a big surgery, you could tell, and because of all that was unable to talk to me at all. So there were groups of nurses and a few doctors going in and out of this room. It was a very busy room, and there were probably a dozen people going in and out at the time, and I just remember feeling kind of odd that here I was sitting at the bedside of this older woman, and she couldn't talk, and I really didn't know her very well. And now I was going to read to her from the Bible, and I was going to uh, say a prayer with her, and just how different my activity was from everybody else in the room. But I learned a big lesson from that lady that day as I read her some comfort from God's Word and, and uh, said a prayer with her. Just as I was getting ready to leave, she kind of looked right at me, and I, I had taken her hand just to say goodbye, and she squeezed my hand really tight. And it was kind of her way of confessing her faith, and her way of showing her appreciation for the ministry, for the Word of God, and for especially her Savior. And I remember going back onto the elevator that day to go back down, feeling kind of ashamed of myself, <laughs> that... Here was something that to her was so precious, maybe in the dying days of her life. And, and uh, I was almost kind of embarrassed to be the one to bring that to her. The story in front of us in our text today is about, we assume, an elderly man. The church has often thought through the years he was probably up in years. Simeon. It's a name that was pretty common among Jewish people. There was an old tradition about Simeon in the church that uh, he was the father of Gamaliel, the, the man who had instructed St. Paul uh, so deeply in the Jewish faith. And we, we don't know much about him, but we do know this, that he is part of what we often refer to, what the Bible often calls the remnant 
a remnant is, is that when God's word has been present in a, in a uh, generation, quite often it can be rejected, but God will always preserve his church and have a remnant left of those uh, who truly believe. Many of the Jewish people at the time of Jesus' birth, many of the Jewish people had come up with some, some non-biblical ideas of what the Messiah would be. They thought that he was going to be some great, maybe political ruler or some great general that was going to bring Israel back into some uh, tremendous prominence in the world and possibly cast off the, the Roman Empire and things. But here was Simeon in his humble faith who, by faith that God had given him, read through all of that and realized where the Messiah was to be found and the great prophecies that, had, that God had given about that. He stands at a crucial juncture in what we think of as the intertestamental period between the Old and New Testaments. He's a great tie between those two for us and, and God places the story in Scripture for us and the church still sings his famous Nunc Dimittis, Lord, let us now thy servant depart in peace uh, so often when we worship. But there are some tremendous lessons we can learn from him. Uh, one of the things that, that people know about us is that we hate to wait. Uh, the people that design and set up amusement parks know how much we hate to wait. Uh, they try to make the line feel like you're close, even though you might be a mile away. It could be a whole hour till you actually get on the ride, right? But they like to make you feel like you're really close to it. And... Uh, the reason for that is if you just stretch that line all the way out, nobody would want to stand in it. We have to almost trick people to wait. And there's something in us that does not like to wait for things. And it, it points out the danger of, of spiritual impatience in us. Uh, we would like to be able to tell God when exactly things should happen. And sometimes when we have to wait for things, it, it can bring out a lack of faith in us. And I know for myself, it's a time when I can so easily get distracted uh, from the things, uh, all the other things going on in life, from the things that really matter. And I can start to grow complacent. And I can start to grow kind of apathetic about my faith. You know, you think of when, when Christ gave his promises of his return way back 2,000 years ago, roughly, and to think how long the church has been waiting for that to happen, the longer that we have to wait so we're, we're the worst generation as far as waiting the longest in that sense. The longer you have to wait, the harder it becomes to wait because it's more easy for us to say, well, it's really never going to happen. It hasn't happened yet, and so it feels like it's never going to happen. And that's when it gets dangerous. That's when the time becomes dangerous for us to assume that maybe this is never going to happen. But true faith, notice from Simeon, that true faith embraces Christ and places its hope in him alone. There were probably other little babies and children brought into the temple courtyards that day. And yet, Simeon walks up to this young, poor couple and takes this little child in his arms. And I always wonder, what was it like for other people in the temple area that, that maybe witnessed this little event to hear him talking about this little baby from this very poor couple, talking about this baby, using expressions like the salvation of Israel, the glory of Israel, and that, that God has delivered salvation to us, the hope of going to heaven. I just wonder what, what other people would have thought. 
But true faith is able to look through all of the clutter that is around us and to always find Christ in his word and sacraments. And faith always wants to latch on to Christ alone and to place our hope in him. I remember once at a pastor's conference, a pastor made a great statement that I had tried to write down as fast as I could. I'm going to read it to you. Saving faith is not simply a belief that God exists or that Jesus is the Son of God, but places itself entirely in his care for your hope of salvation. Imagine if, if you're on an, a small airplane and there was someone sitting next to you who happened to be uh, an engineer for a parachute company. And this engineer is explaining to you how he's designed parachutes and how they work and the structure of them and the cables and all the stuff that has to go on and the clips and how secure and safe they are. And he can describe all of the stats about the parachute. But all of a sudden, if the plane starts to go down and has engine trouble and you've, you have to now strap on a parachute, suddenly his knowledge is not what matters, but placing his hope in that parachute is different than the knowledge that he has. When God teaches you and me about Christ, he certainly wants us to have knowledge about him. But it's more than that. Faith is more than just knowing about Christ or who he is or breaking down the details of the doctrines about him. It means putting your hope in him. It means placing your hope of going to heaven in him, trusting in him, placing your confidence in what he has done for you alone. That is the true essence of faith. Faith is also, we see in Simeon, content to live here in this life, but is really always longing for the life that is to come. During Christmas time, you'll maybe see this in your homes too. Little children will often open presents, and sometimes they'll get so caught up with the wrapping paper in the box, that's more important than the gift. That can happen to us too uh, in our lives, even as adults, regarding Christmas. There's so many wonderful things about it, getting to be with our family and the gifts and the fun and the food and everything else. But the real gift, the real present is the Savior that's delivered to us, the hope of Israel, the hope of God's believers in this world that will take them ultimately through the gates of heaven. Don't miss the gift. Enjoy the wrapping paper, enjoy the box, but do not miss the gift. St. Paul said, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. You can have some great blessings in this life that we can enjoy. We just thank God for them last week in our Thanksgiving services. But let's not be so focused on them that we miss the greater gift. C.F.W. Walther said this regarding Simeon. This is the way in which a person who has served the Lord dies. He has already experienced the horrors of death in his repentance and he has overcome them by Christ's blood. Now death, disarmed of its horrors, comes to him as a messenger of peace. Bethany College is here to teach you how to live a wonderful Christian life in service to God and your fellow man. But it's really here to teach you how to die. It's here to get you ready for the day that somebody has to hold your hand and speak the last comforting words of God's word to you about your Savior. Live for that day. Live for the comfort that we have in Christ and the hope that he brings us of everlasting life in heaven. Amen. Please join me then in prayer number one on page 147, the first prayer in the Advent season, and let us rise. Page 147.
Stir up, we beseech you, your power, O Lord, and come, that by your protection we may be rescued from the threatening perils of our sins and be saved by your mighty deliverance. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one true God, now and forever. Amen. Fling wide May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Depart now in his peace. Amen.